Home gardeners have finally gotten warm season vegetable crops planted in their home vegetable gardens. I never thought it would happen, especially that the way that the Kentucky weather patterns have been here lately. It was really rainy for us in the beginning, and then it hit a cold spell. And finally, 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 we have reached the warm season temperatures. Now, you may wonder, what should I do next? Today, on Episode 7 of the Sunshine Gardening Podcast, I am sharing four top secrets on how to keep your garden looking attractive to finish strong for the month of May. Stay with me for more details right here on the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. Welcome to the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. This gardening show will equip and inspire avid gardeners with weekly tips and tricks to help them navigate the gardening world. The show will also highlight specific growing requirements for several plants so the sun will shine brighter over their Kentucky garden. And now, here is that ray of sunshine, garden enthusiast and horticulture extension agent, Kristen Hildebrand, with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. The number one May vegetable gardening tip after planting that I have to share today is to simply use companion planting strategies. Now, we talked about gardeners have finally planted several of their warm season vegetable favorites in the garden this month. They could have planted or may have planted a nice mixture of tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, cucumber, squash, and even some sweet corn if they had enough room. Alongside of these vegetables, gardeners should consider planting culinary herbs since they serve as a great companion plant. Now, I know for a lot of listeners today, they may have not heard what companion planting means. So a simple definition is this. Companion planting is defined as planting two or more crops near other crops in the vegetable garden to help gain some sort of benefit for the home vegetable gardener. It has been shown to maximize vegetable yields, improve pest management, increase nutrient uptake, and also enhance pollination for some of our crops. Planting herbs around vegetables also invites beneficial organisms to the garden. Herbs like basil, cilantro, dill, and parsley attract beneficial insects to feed and find shelter to support various stages of predatory and also parasitic insects. Insects like lady beetles, lacewings, praying mantids, and spiders are among those organisms that are are attracted to aromatic culinary herbs. Not only are companion plantings good for attracting beneficial insects, they also draw in a number of native pollinators like our bees. Some examples of culinary herbs to make room for in the garden are basil and oregano. Basil is my all-time favorite herb, and it's also good for planting around tomatoes. And when you do this, you're providing shelter for a number of those insects, like the lady beetles and lacewings. And then two, it does have some sort, I feel like it helps a lot with the pest pressure. So you might want to try that one out. With oregano, this is an herb that's great for seasoning a lot of homemade pizza dishes that might be coming out 
of your kitchens, especially during the summer months. So make sure to make room for oregano in your home vegetable garden. Now, when you think of companion planting, a plant that just instantly comes to my mind is marigolds. Several gardeners plant this warm season flower every year in their vegetable garden to help protect vegetables from harmful insects. I know that was something that my mother and I always did when we garden whenever I was younger, and I always remember that she always had marigolds planted around certain uh, vegetables. And even sometimes, you know, we did it as a border around the whole entire garden. So that's something that you should consider. Uh, And the reason why is that research has shown that the roots of marigolds produce biochemicals that are poisonous to minute worm-like organisms that can cause damage to plants. So if you're in an area that has a lot of nematode issues, that might also assist with that particular problem. Now, I know we could talk on companion planting for a whole segment, but there's some other things I'd like to get to today in this particular show. So if you'd like to discover other possibilities of companion plants to use in a home vegetable garden, make sure to see the show notes at the end of the show. I have included a table that lists crops that will do well when planted next to each other in the home vegetable garden. So if you want to check that out again, make sure to see the show notes. Now, number two for the May vegetable gardening tip that I want to share, and it seems a little simple, but there's a science behind it, I feel like, too, is to provide vegetable plants with water after they've been planted. And you want to even maintain that through the whole entire growing season. So it's really important to provide plants with water after they've been planted in the ground. They go through a little bit of transplant shock because probably if it's something that's grown in a different soil material, such as like a a potting germination mix of some kind, then there's going to be a little bit of transplant shock. So the way that you can help with that is to keep your plants well watered. Now, the best time to carry out watering routines is in the morning generally between the hours of 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. This time frame will allow plants plenty of time to dry off during the day. And, you know, if you water later in the evening, that tendency for those plants is going to stay wet and moist, that environment, because they don't have a lot of time because they're getting ready to go into the night hours. So if you switch over and do your watering in the morning, that's generally the best time. Another recommendation that I have for watering your plants is to avoid splashing the foliage with the water, uh, and that will also help to reduce on foliar diseases that happen later on. So if you have tomatoes, you know, blight tends to take over later in the season or if it's a really weather um, as far as rain goes. So if you can avoid when you make contact with the water in the plants, Just make sure you go right around that root system of the plant. Generally, I like to do it in a circle. It's also best to make sure that you water deeply and infrequently. And I'm going to repeat that one more time just to make sure that sinks in real good. Make sure that you water deeply and infrequently. So you want to make sure when you do water that you water pretty deeply and you don't want it every day. Because, again, we want to promote a deep root system, and the way we achieve that, again, is through a deep, infrequent watering schedule. 
Now, if you've got a little bit of extra money on hand, a drip irrigation system is a convenient way to help you provide consistent soil moisture to a lot of your vegetable plants. And with this system, the water is basically targeted at the base of the plant where your root system can take up the water through its stem and reach whatever it's trying to develop, whether it be the leaves or even the fruit like our tomatoes. So now the other final thing I want to mention with the watering is that there are critical times to water certain vegetable crops in the home garden. So you want to make sure that you're providing that water at the critical time that it's needed for those vegetable crops. So I've got a couple of examples I want to share. So for the one example that I have here on cucumbers, you definitely want to make sure to provide it water to the plant when it's flowering and also when it's beginning to set fruit as far as development goes. Eggplant, you want to supply water from watering all the way through harvest, so pretty much all the way straight through. For peppers, you also want to provide a uniform supply from flowering through harvest. Our summer squash, a lot of us have summer squash planted And I'm really excited to even think about the thought of having some summer squash casseroles. But for water intake, you want to do it whenever the buds are starting to develop. You also want to supply water when it's flowering and also when the fruit are beginning to to develop. We tend to see some blossom end rot with um, not only tomatoes, but also some of our squashes. And so the way to do that is to supply some uh, frequent moisture to those plants. And again, summer squash needs it right at fruit development. So if you can supply that, then you're going to have a better uh, success rate for your vegetable crops. Now, if you're growing sweet corn, I know that's for people that might have a bigger garden conventional space, but you want to make sure that you provide water when it's silking, also when it's tasseling, and whenever the ears are beginning to develop. So that's really, really a critical time for them. Tomatoes are basically all the way uniform supply from flowering through harvest. Now, if you have any other questions about watering, I highly recommend that you check out our home vegetable gardening guide, which is ID 128. And there's a link to the home vegetable gardening guide that's in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, make sure uh, to see the show notes. So after you've watered your plants uh, pretty well, according to when it's critical and according to some of the things that we talked about on when to do it in the morning and how often, is that you really should, for number three, apply some fresh organic mulch around your whole entire vegetable garden around the crops. Mulch can offer several benefits to home gardeners. And here are a couple reasons how that they can really return a lot on your vegetable garden. It helps conserve soil moisture, which creates a barrier between the soil and the air. It's going to control weeds by helping to block the sunlight out. And really, it's aesthetically pleasing and so attractive in the garden. And to me, it just looks so much cleaner. And I feel like that's why it's so aesthetically pleasing for that reason. And it just makes you feel so good. I feel like, too, if you're using a darker mulch or any type of mulch, it really does set off a lot of your vegetable plants. Now, I get a lot of questions uh, related to how much should I apply. 
So generally you want to apply anywhere from two to four inches and you want to place it around the plants, but you want to start wherever the stem's at and avoid piling it up around the stem. So make sure that you come off the stem and that's going to give you those benefits that we talked about, such as soil moisture, and it's going to help reduce the weeds. Now, that organic mulch is going to do um, some other benefits for you. And basically what's going to happen is that's going to rot down over time and also return nutrients into the ground, which is going to beef up your soil structure. A lot of times people will ask, okay, Kristen, what's acceptable organic mulches to use? Well, I just say to use what you have on hand because to me, any kind of mulch is better than no mulch at all. But um, if you're wanting some examples, newspaper is great. Um, You know, black and white newspaper is fine. Uh, We really want you to avoid some of the colored uh, newspapers and stuff. But uh, black and white newspaper is fine. And the way to do that is to fill up a five-gallon bucket with water and then soak it. Actually add the sections of newspaper and let it soak. And then you can apply it around your vegetable crops. So that's the best way to apply newspaper. You can also use clean straw. You just want to make sure it doesn't have any um, weeds that are in there to, you know, get further weeds. So make sure it's clean straw. And then, um, you know, I I try to avoid telling people to use sawdust because with sawdust, you never know exactly where some of that um, particular wood in the sawdust came from because Here in Kentucky, we have a lot of black walnut, and it promotes an alleochemical that is not good around tomato plants. So that's kind of why I shy away of some sawdust. But if you've got newspaper, clean straw, or even some other mulches, like I know sometimes people bag leaves in the fall they can use around their crops a little bit later, that will be fine. So... Now, if you want to go to an inorganic mulch, if you don't want to use some of the organic mulches, then you can consider things like black plastic. Uh, And that will also help reduce the weed seeds from germinating and also encourages earlier planting for a lot of our crops. So it's generally a little bit expensive, but it does give you that earlier time for planting. And so that's sometimes kind of weighs it out, in my opinion. So definitely make sure you're using some sort of mulch around your vegetable crops. And then the final number four tip that I have for May vegetable gardening in May is to side dress your vegetables at the correct time. Now, generally what we recommend is at the beginning of the season, you're going to soil test. And then that soil test is going to give you what recommendations are needed for pre-planting. So that means before you plant. Throughout the season, vegetables, in order to produce lush, continuous growth throughout the season, they really do require a uniform supply of nutrients. And so the way to do that is gardeners can side dress vegetables at the correct time and at the recommended rate to give them an extra boost or a supply of nutrients to help give them that continuous growth throughout the season. And a lot of times people don't think about this because they're like, oh, I put you know, the nutrients, they'll obtain it through the compost. Well, they will get some, but in order to make it through the season, you really do have to use a side dressing of fertilizer. Now, you don't want to use too much, and you need to make sure that you do it at the correct time. So the next couple of things I want to share are when is the best time 
for side dressing um, and when's the recommended amount. So in the home vegetable gardening guide, we have the specific ratio that's needed for most vegetable crops. So generally, it's either going to be a complete fertilizer, such as a 10-10-10 per ever how much square feet that you have, or you can use a 15-0-0. So now when to side dress those vegetables, I'm going to address right now. So if you have cucumbers, you want to apply your side dressing and fertilizer about one week after it blossoms, and then the same amount three weeks later. Eggplant, you want to side dress eggplant after the first fruits have set. If you're growing things like peppers, you also want to side dress them after the first fruit has set. And for sweet corn, you want to do that when plants reach about 12 inches tall. I know that everyone has tomatoes planted in their vegetable gardens. So you want to supply some side dressing of fertilizer around one to two weeks before the first picking and then the same amount two weeks after your first picking. Now, if you're interested in learning when are the best times to do the side dressing for other vegetables that you might have planted in your home vegetable gardens, again, make sure to see the Home Vegetable Gardening Guide in Kentucky, which is ID 128. And to see that, I have posted the link in our show notes. So there you have it, folks. Make sure to try and make room for companion planting this year. Also provide vegetable plants with water after they've been planted and throughout the growing season. Number three is to make sure to apply a fresh organic layer of mulch. And number four is to side dress those vegetables at the correct time to give them a continuous lush grow throughout the season. I hope that you found this information helpful today. If you would like additional information on other gardening tasks to perform this month, make sure to see the show notes on the blog at Warren County Agriculture. There you will find the May gardening checklist that I have created. It lists other activities to do in and around the home vegetable garden. To view this checklist, make sure to visit me on the blog at Warren County Agriculture. You can find that by going to www.warrencountyagriculture.com. Feel free to leave any questions that you might have or make any additional comments right there on the blog. As always, make sure to tune in with me for more gardening information each week right here on the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. Each week, I plan to share seasonal gardening tips and tricks to help gardeners reach their gardening goals and to help the sun shine a little brighter over their Kentucky garden. To stay up to date on all the latest episodes, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. I would love it if you could leave me a review on iTunes so I can know what future gardening information to share with you each week. To help sweeten the deal, the first 10 subscribers to leave me a review on iTunes will receive a gardening prize. Gardeners, as always, keep on digging into gardening and remember to add a little sunshine. Thanks for listening to the Sunshine Gardening Podcast with Kristen Hildebrand. If you enjoyed today's content, make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to catch future segments of the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. 
gardeners. Keep on digging and learning more about gardening so the sun shines brighter over your Kentucky garden. The Sunshine Gardening Podcasts with Kristen Hildebrand is a production of the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service.